If you're locked in, you're listening to Mode London Board Game James, Yaman Echo Special. Track at the top of the show, titled Nowhere featuring Jay Day, followed by the track Katana, and the title track from his album Escape Artists Never Die. For the next 30 minutes or so, I'm going to run a load of my own productions. Stuff I'd say is directly influenced by Yamaneko. Us sharing productions, work in progresses and sketches over the years. Some of my more ambient takes and explorations further away from grime. You tune into Mode London, it's Board Game James with the Yamaneko special. Keep it locked.
You tune into Mode London, board game James, taking you through to 9pm. The Yaman Echo special, celebrating the release of Escape Artists Never Die. If you've been listening for the last 30 minutes, you've been hearing a bunch of my own productions, I'd say directly influenced by Yaman Echo. But now we're getting back into his stuff. Track entitled Getting Home Safely. Coming up in just a moment, we've got a discussion between myself and Yamaneko. We did a little bit before the album dropped. We talk about his love for DJ, playing live. We talk about the night in New Atlantis. We ran for a number of years in Peckham. What that night meant to Yamaneko and other artists like Jordan and Al Wooten. Yamaneko talks at length about his track Katana, very much the centerpiece of the album, and what the album really means as a whole. That's all coming up right after this track, keep it locked.
the thing for me is just that I would always rather be on hardware than than um yeah than uh than like laptops and shit like that um I'm that's what kind of always put me off doing live shows like Tom obviously pushed the live show for a minute yeah around 2018 when I was doing that first run of it and it was fun I enjoyed it like I'm really proud of the the festival sets and the improvise like it was all very improvised as well like it was roughly and out like a set list but in terms of actually playing the stuff and <clears throat> the kind of field recordings and ambience and sample drops, that was all very improvised on the fly, which felt nice, but it didn't feel as real as DJing, which is still my main passion, I think, more so than even making tunes. That's interesting. Really? You say you're more into DJing than making tunes? Always. Always. I always felt like the tunes I made were just edits to make in a larger DJ set or something. Yeah. And that's how I started making tunes. Like, I would make these mixtapes for people and I'd want these, like, ambient interludes and I'd make them. And they eventually just became the tune that I ended up making. And obviously, like, I like putting together albums and stuff. It feels like a different version of making a mixtape, but it all stems from DJ, for sure. When did, um, Obviously, I remember when there was Talbot Fade, and then mm. there was Yaman Echo, and then it felt like they became one. Yeah. That was Afterglow. The Afterglow EP on Local Action. Because that was just after... Uh, even maybe Spark Commissions was when they kind of merged together around that sort of time. Because it kind of took ideas from both projects and merged them into one. But it felt more Yamaneko, it felt... I mean, Yamaneko's always been my main... personality. Like, sort of reflection of me. And when I combined the two, it felt it felt like, like an obvious extension of Yamaneko more than anything else, but the style and processes were very Talbot Bade. And I think, like, there's still, like, these two offshoots, like... The two albums I've done with you, the Kaizu Nanadaro is very old school Yamaneko. It's very like, just grime and weird beats with very like naive melodies and very simple Fruity Loops processes. But the next thing, uh, Escape Artist, is very that kind of spirals heaven wide afterglow kind of Yamaneko style, which is the kind of combination of the two. But there's still like all these offshoots that I'm making that are unreleased that are like either very uh, rudimentary beats like old Yamaneko or just these ambient 10 minute drones, more like Tower Fade. And I feel like, yeah, afterglow spirals, Escape Artists is where they kind of combine, but they're still fairly confused, I think, in terms of what is what I'm trying to make. But I, I think having both avenues makes sense to me now. When you draw, when you, like, you did it on the, you did it on Kaizo, Kaizo Nanadaru, 
You've mm-hmm. done it again on, on Escape Artists. You've drawn on like some old material. Is it a case yeah. of, of feeling that that old material feels relevant within the context of the project? Or, yeah. or are you, uh, is there an element of feeling like, ah, I've finally got a place for that to live? Uh, kind of, but only in retrospective. Like, I don't, when I, like, piece things together, I don't think, ah, oh, finally, here's the place for this. It's more like, oh, this fits really well here. Nice, great, I'm happy with that. Like, nowhere on Escape Ice was the second tune I ever made with John. The Shadow Moses project back in fucking Cardiff in, like, 13 years ago? That tune's 13 years old. And it's barely been touched since then. It's been like mixed down a thousand times and kind of rearranged a bit, but it's still fundamentally the same tune we made 13 years ago. But it feels, hmm, how to say this? All those tunes I put out don't have, or all those tunes I make don't have like a, sell-by date or like a time sensitive thing like i'm not trying to follow a trend or anything they're just tunes that i've made so if an album like kaizo nandadero which has fucking seven tracks from like across a 10-year period but they all fit they they're all just tunes i've made whatever at a time where i'm happy to release them that's just kind of how it works yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I think like me and you work slightly differently. Like I tend to group stuff together based on it's typically made around the same time. I was kind of mining in the same area and it makes sense to kind of now conceptualize what these ideas are about and package them up. Mm. Like I, I suppose this question applies to both Kaizo Nandadaru and um, escape artists, but when you started p- piecing those projects together did you sort of think concept first um and then start to sort of pull from what you had um or 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 were you starting to group together a series of tracks and thinking maybe if i just make something like this and that and it fits in on top of it i've kind of got a project which which way round does it work uh kind of both and neither i guess like the the main body of Escape Artists was put together before Kaizo Nandadaro. Like, Kitana, uh, title track, uh, what's the tune called? Uh, if You Keep Asking Me, I'll Melt Away in the Summer Air. That was made for Escape Artists. It was originally a four track EP when I, literally when I first moved to Japan. But then when putting together an actual project, you recontextualize everything and like, oh, this actually fits much better here as like an outro track and this fits better here as a wider part of an album. There's a track on Escape Eyes that was from Afterglow. It was mastered for the Afterglow EP, but we never used it and it feels so much better in this context. So yeah, I'm very picky with what ends up where and I'm very particular with kind of meticulous with where it's placed not even just on the album, but like track listing and shit. And it's 
hours, weeks of just listening to shit again and again and again in a row until it makes sense as a narrative. So, do you reckon that comes... is the main thing. Is like, all these tracks, I just... I make. I put them out. Into my hard drive. And then piecing together a narrative is the hardest part. And the part that I was proud of, essentially. Which makes sense if you're more passionate about DJing, because you're more interested. Right, right. That's where it all comes back to, right? Is making a nice set of music to listen to as a whole. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. From tracks from like 20 years ago, tracks from unreleased tracks, tracks from last year. That's, yeah, piecing together stuff so it makes a cohesive narrative, but it represents a much wider scale. Um, now Kaiser Nanadaru is out, mm. how do you feel like, because often like when you release a project, obviously it puts a full stop on the whole process and then, and then you get to see it received by others, you get to see which tracks people warm to the most, which tracks you get the compliments on, etc. Mm. Also which, which, which tracks, you know, do better numbers. How do you when, how do you feel about it when you look back on it now? In comparison um, to how you might have felt about it at the time? Yeah, good question. Um, I don't focus too much on the numbers. It depends on like if I'm like building a live set. I'll just take whatever track fits the mood I'm in for then. And like recently I played that festival in Manazu in Kanagawa Prefecture with the, uh, it's this crew called Mina no Kimochi, which means everybody's feeling. It's a nice name for a very ambient, very new Atlantis style crew. Like they're all super into club records or super into trance, but they did this ambient festival and they asked me to put together a live set for that. And I took Chinobio and uh, Summer Air from Kaiser Nanadaru to play it now, which are obviously the both their beatless tunes. But they fit in. They fit in with everything else. Like this was like a nice. The set was like a combination of. Spark Commission, Spirals, Kaiser Nanadero, and Escape Hives. I played Katana in there as well. And, like... This is a bit of a tangent, but when I put live sets together, I always kind of... My biggest inspiration, this is really bait, is the fucking Daft Punk Alive 2007 album, which has these three very distinct albums. Homework, Discovery, and Human After All, which sonically are fucking radically different from each other, but in this live set, this one year that they put together this live set, they bridge together in this like huge, harmonious beauty. This is Daft Punk for 20 years, and it just cohesively makes sense. And I like 
I, I want my tracks to sound exactly the same, like when they're released standalone as an EP or an album, but they have this very unique character that makes sense by itself, but can also be bridged together and connect a lot of dots all over the place, so it still sounds cohesive while being radically different. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it does. Did you play anything in that set that wasn't by yourself, or was it all your own music? No, it was 100% mine. Which was nice, I haven't done that in a while. Um... What, what, explain a bit more about the festival. Is it like a repeating event? Are they going to do more of them? They do it, apparently. Yeah, I, spoke to, I spoke to the geezer about it. He, um, it's like this whole crew. And they do, they've done it maybe three years on the truck. It's, uh, it's very location, but they've done it at this particular spot two or three times. Um, they look for these kind of secret, hidden away campsites, invite all the people that their mates and people that bother them, try and get in a bunch of international eyes. It was a really good, diverse mixture of people playing. Uh, and they, they used the word ambient very loosely, which I like, because that was kind of like New Planets as well. Like, it's advertised as like a ambient, relaxing, chill out event, but you'll hear all kinds of fucking harsh shit in there as well. It's very, very suitable for Japan, where the crowds are super open-minded and don't really care for like genre or like tempo at a certain time. They're kind of very open to hear whatever the DJ wants to play and just vibe with them. Um, in this case, it was in just like a spectacular location. Yeah. Really, like you know how I like when I do ambient sets, I'll play, I'll have like, I'll, I'll always request three CDJs. I have two for tunes and one just for like field recordings of like in birds, wind, rain. This, the literal set, the setting was the field recording CDJ. It had bird song in the background. You had the waves crashing up against the back of it and it was fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I like that. I like what you're saying, like that model of, of ambient, not quite ambient. It, it's almost mm. like saying, look, mate, this ain't a club night. Um, majority of you are going to be seated, therefore, I'll play whatever I like. Yeah. Without the, the, the pressure to entertain a crowd and, mm. rather, and rather build a sound bed with whichever tools mm. you need to do so. There's a lot of freedom in that. Um, mm. There need to be more like nights like that in London, actually. I don't think there's enough selector-based no, nights. Really gu- I was so gutted when they stopped off, when they stopped New Atlantis. Mm. That was such a really nice space for just, um, not just for that kind of freedom, but just all of the people there were so sound and just experimenting with like their new new tunes like they'll play it for the first time because they know it's a very open-minded crowd and they know it's amongst friends who like their opinion they they want on their music and shit it's like our dead boy our wooten who's continually just making the sickest shit you've ever fucking heard 
um, every time he would play, he would like turn around to me and just be like, oh, I've made this yesterday. What do you think? It's wicked, mate. Yeah, thanks. I might put it out. Eventually he did. Same with like Jordan, who's obviously just hit fucking superstardom through local action in the last couple of years, which has been fucking wicked to see. Um, they would play a lot of their own material that they were really unsure on back then and see what we all thought about it and to see them kind of playing this elevated versions of all this stuff with so much confidence is like a real like I think it solidifies how special that night was that it was such a small event with very open do what you like vibes to it that the two people behind it Al and Jordan are like just rocking out knocking out these amazing recordings without any fear now because they've kind of tested it they've seen everyone's kind of like genuine because we were not all smashed at like 3am in a rave this is Sunday afternoon they've heard our genuine thoughts on it and same with me like I wouldn't have put out half the album since 2016 without that event to play it on so yeah I think London is definitely missing something like that since then what kind of stuff were Al and Jordan playing at the night and bearing in mind that I'm only familiar with Jordan's music since mm. first EP of the Jordan's music now is it's just banging, banging club tunes, but all of the kind of ideas in them are rooted in this kind of ambient community of loops, sonics, appreciation of weirdness, I guess. Obviously, we all, all of us would go down to the rave, like, two days before. New Atlantis was a bit of a kind of come down sofa at times, but it still had that kind of afterglow. The melodies, the energy of those tunes. My internet connection is unstable again. <laughs> it's okay, it's not, it's not glitching or anything. Oh, I get it. it's good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it had that kind of post club energy of the stuff we all really appreciated, but in a more freeform environment. And both Jordan and Al, since then, since we stopped, have kind of funneled it into this very functional, but very expressive dance music, which is something I wish I could do. But I've kind of opted for the power ambient or whatever you want to call it deconstructed drums speaking of which power ambient uh katana off the next release is um it's like a perfect example of that right um tell tell us like a little bit how would you describe that track and um why do you think it serves project well as a lead a lead track from it yeah katana 
Okay, well, when I when I played this festival in Manazuru, they asked me, can you give a name for your set? And I thought about it for a while, and um, I ended up on uh, this kind of half Japanese, half European name, Kankyo Makina, which means environmental makina. Makina is this kind of northeastern northeastern England, uh, like Tyneside shit, version of Spanish hardcore. Like, if the northwest has donk, the northeast has machina, basically two sides of the same coin. Very jumped up, very coked up, hard style. But super focused on euthoric melodies and very simple hardship. Kitana is that energy focused in a more chopped and screwed and drowsy recollection of it all. So, Kankyo Makina, environmental Makina is kind of how I approached a lot of this album, is this kind of half-record echo of a memory of these pulverizingly hard-style dance music, but in a positive sense. Kitana is very much bass, it's very much like the kind of All of those ideas piled into one, and it's the biggest kind of representation of that idea. And it's the one that also reflect, like the artwork is a combination of uh, the Yamanote line where I've lived in Tokyo for four years now, and uh, this old artwork by uh, what's his name? <laughs> Matisse, was that? What's that? Was it Matisse? Yeah, that's it, Matisse. No, 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 what's it? What's it? Rene... Magritte. Magritte, that's Rene... it. The guy who did Ceci Nepal and Peep. So he did this piece called The Lovers, which was nicked by Funeral for a Friend which was my favourite emo group back when I lived in Cardiff. And I wanted to channel both the energy of how into fucking music I was when I was like 16, 15, listening to Funeral for a Friend, this kind of very bait, postmodern art style and the environment of Tokyo, getting used to a new environment into one. And Kitana soundtracks that visual perfect. Because it has this energy of a very immature dance music with a very, traditional cyberpunk 
image of Japan, uh, the cities of Japan. And it was like an honest reflection of the music that I've been into built up over the course of the last like, 25 years. So, yeah, Katana, especially more than anything else on that album, is a good introduction to what my mind was going through when making them. Would you say that um, do you write, do you think the album has an antithesis point to Katana? Mm, yeah, good question. Uh, mm, I guess uh, repossuming, repossuming, which is. No, I haven't got it with me. <laughs> Repossumin is named after a sleeping pill, a Japanese sleeping pill that I use semi-regularly. Yeah. Um, it's a much more just very standard ambient tune, but of a more traditional sense. Like, it's just a soundscape. It's got some wind, it's got some kind of vague animal noises. But it's still rooted in this kind of dance music energy of like the feeling of someone coming up on something. Like a rush from deep inside that kind of very gently overwhelms the body. But while Katana is so conceptual and hard and melodic and rooted in all of these very hyper-specific micro-genres, Repossumin is just very open. And tries, it tries to be a timeless ambient tune. Does. So, yeah, kind of antithesis. Still connected. Is there any connection between Repossumin and Drill from Kaiser Nanazaru. Any tenuous link? Yeah. They're both named after sleeping cups. Doriyeru is the Japanese pronunciation of that tune. In English, it just sounds like drool, but yeah, the Japanese Doriyeru. Uh, yeah, they're both named after the sleeping pill. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a connection because of that. <laughs> um, Doriyeru is obviously a very beat driven track. But the general kind of like, both of those tunes are kind of like IDM-y in a weird way. Um, they take influence from like all the bait IDM people like Apex Twin and Water Canada, the baitest shit, <laughs> which I'm not ashamed to admit at all. That was a discussion between me and Yam and Echo took place a little bit before the album dropped. Yamaneko being in Tokyo, myself in London. Taking us up to the end of the show, we now got Yamaneko's Suzuka Circuit Mix. Keep it locked.
Charles Yamaneko's special guest mix for the show, mixing title Suzuka Circuit. And that brings us up to the end of the show. Track you in the background is entitled Through the Static and Distance, taken from Yamaneko's new album Escape Artists Never Die, out now on Thousand Doors. You've been tuning into Board Game James. Here on Mode London every month. See you next time.